1: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Yo, yo, Queen City. It is I, Wes Bryant. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Walk male. One more day away from the crew. Me and Josh Fitty Marlow and Shroppy on the Boys will be bringing you today's Sports Talk from 12 to 3. Keep the text coming. We love when the text line is lit 704 570 9610. Let's get this thing cranked off the chain. Word to Pastor Troy. All right. Uh, college football weekend, not the greatest slate, but still some really good games. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the Hornets getting beat down pretty handily versus the Boston Celtics last night as they head towards the regular season. And we're going to go ahead and, and get the text line going. Again, you can hit us up, 704-570-9610. Don't forget the socials. Hit that follow button. We got behind-the-scenes content for you, the question of the day that you can vote on pretty much every day. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Brian underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh, and at Shroppy WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. Hit those follow buttons. But let's get it going with this. When you talk about this weekend, no Panthers football, we know they will not take a loss. They will not win either, so the record will stay at over. But you don't have to deal with the agony of... Watching your team give you the hope that maybe they can win only for it to be doused. So what are you going to do with your pantherless weekend? We've seen some of you guys already say that you're tuning out. You're going to be going to the pumpkin patch. You're going to be hanging with the fam. A lot of different things you'll be doing instead of watching Panthers football because of the losing. But now, you literally don't have a game this weekend. So are you guys just going to enjoy the football slate and not have to worry about Carolina playing? Or, you know, are you going to just go hang out and spend some time with the fam? Maybe do something for yourself uh, to, to spoil yourself uh, this weekend. Fit, if you were a Panthers fan like this, what would you do with your weekend if you uh, didn't have to watch them?
0: I would dabble in NFL red zone and see what it's like to watch winning offensive football, because that's something we haven't seen the first six weeks here in Carolina.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and. Get on the bus, Fitty, start driving, keep us in the road, and then when we get to our destination, we're gonna get off the bus. Let's do that right now. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Take one on the chin last night to close out the preseason, 127-99. to They lose to the Seeds. It seems like Boston just gives them all sorts of problems when they come to town, especially that Jason Tatum. He didn't shoot too great last night. But when you look at the Hornets in its totality, yeah, it's preseason basketball. I get it. But I am a little bit concerned with the shooting. The Hornets last night shoot 42% from the field, 14% from three. They got out rebounded by six. But then you look over the course of the preseason and And, you know, it's just a trend. And we know last season they had injuries. They had guys that weren't able to be out there to make the shooting look better. Against Oklahoma City, a little bit more respectable, 52% from the field, 31% from from three-point land. Then against the Washington Wizards, 37% from the field, 20% from three. And then against the Miami Heat, they shot 38% and 26% from three. So I'm a little worried about the shooting. I know it's preseason, just like with the Panthers, when we didn't think that the offensive line and the issues that they had and some of the issues the offense had were that big of a deal because it was the preseason. But we saw those things come to fruition now that we are in the thick of things in the regular season. And so, that's one thing that uh, I'm hoping that they're able to turn on and turn off as the preseason comes to a close. And when you look at some of the players, and that's some of the things that you look at. LaMelo Ball, he's close to a 40% three-point shooter during the regular season. Only shot 28% from three uh, during the preseason. You look at guys like Terry Rozier, shot 33% for the preseason. So uh, some of those guys, you're hoping that, it turns around, they can flip the switch. Brandon Miller taking five threes a game in the preseason. Whoo, 0.077 right there. So, is there any cause to be concerned? Are you chalking it up to the preseason or where are we at?
0: I mean, you know, you go back to your conversation you had with Steve Clifford at Hornets Media Day. He put a lot of emphasis on the preseason because yeah. he said this is when you build great habits and this is when you really kind of set the foundation for the type of team you're going to be in the regular season. Well, if that's the case, the defense hasn't really been there. Um, They've they've given up a a lot of points in the preseason, and the shooting wasn't there, but a lot of that I think you could attest to being in a rust or you're you're really not running your offensive sets to get the kind of looks you want to get. So, I mean, look, they'll tip it up for real next Wednesday, but... The reason why I was so confident when I made the bet with Walker Miller they will not improve their win total by more than 10 games This year, You kind of saw some of those uh, reasons show up in the preseason portion uh, before the season got underway.
2: Yeah, and so the largest lead, I mean, Boston was up by one point at 40 last night. Okay, so that's not what you want to see from the preseason, especially the last game. And I guess in the NBA, they would consider that the dress rehearsal. I'm not sure, but uh, either way, the Hornets have to get this thing together. So as I said, keep the ideas coming. What are you guys going to be doing? Keep the thoughts coming. On what you're going to be doing with your Panther this weekend. One thing you might do is perhaps, is anybody going to go see Killers of the Flower Moon this weekend? Okay, three and a half hours. Martin Scorsese, Fitty. That's how they. It's Scorsese, Wes. (laughs) Scorsese. We talked about this in the fishbowl before. Fitty didn't know that that's how people pronounce it because I've watched a lot of programs and he talked about how on the trailer for said movie they called him Martin Scorsese. Is anybody going to take the time three and a half hours out of their day to go sit through this movie? I know I plan to. I might not be able to get to it this weekend but I know Uh, At some point here in the next two weeks, probably in the next week, because I want to see it in a premium theater. I am a big time movie goer. So I want to see it in a premium theater. I'm going to go check out this movie. I just feel like Scorsese, along with DiCaprio and De Niro, it's already at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it's going to be a masterpiece. To me, DiCaprio does not miss. And so this should be a, a lot of fun, man. I mean, DiCaprio, he comes out with a movie maybe, what, once every year and a half or so? Mm-hmm. And just delivers us a, a, a classic and then just walks off.
0: Yeah, no, this is definitely, I'm not the movie buff that you are. But with just the acting prowess that this movie has to offer, you didn't even mention you've got Landry from Friday Night Lights. Yes, he uh, is You know, that. he's in the movie as well. I might wait for you to give me the review before I make the decision to go spend theater money on it mm-hmm. or wait for it to come out on some streaming platform where I could spend, you know, less than half of what the theater is going to cost me. But it looks it looks great.
2: Yeah, uh, we got It's a Bomb saying three and a half hours is too long. Calhurt said he's got tickets for tomorrow at 2. Uh, he said Starlight has that recliner seating, so that's what he's going to be doing tomorrow. I can't do... Uh, a, two and a two o'clock showing for that movie. Too many college football games on. I could not do that. But hey, the recliner seating, you can't lose with that. And uh, Fiddy, what's the last time you've been to the movies?
0: Ooh. <laughs> Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Okay,
2: so that was a while ago. Did, what did you get to eat when you went in there?
0: I'm a popcorn and Reese's Pieces with a
2: coat guy. Okay, so you get the candy. So you got the sweet. You got the uh, savory. And so you got all the bases covered. See, I'm usually either one or the other, but I just... I can't. You talk about an addiction. You talk about things that I think about. You guys love the drop of me talking about... Thinking about Pop-Tarts, but... Movie theater popcorn. But I I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot. Right, (laughs) right. And I think about movie theater popcorn a lot, okay? And I just... I can't get enough of it. And I did try the AMC popcorn that is in the stores now, and I was very skeptical of this because I went to see, uh, on October 8th, I went to see The Creator, which was a great film with John David Washington in it. It was really good. I don't think anybody's gonna go see it, but I think when people watch it on digital, they're gonna really like that movie. It was great. It was one of the better movies I've seen in a while. But um, the AMC popcorn that they sell in the grocery store, They tell you for the real experience to heat it up in a bowl for like 30 seconds. I was quite skeptical. About four or five kernels in when I tried it, I said they did it. I almost let a tear roll down my face. I said, they did it. I was like, they did it. I did not think it could be done, but it's pretty doggone close. I mean, it really is, man. And so for me, I'm a popcorn and a soda guy, pretty traditional. I love the remix machine that's in there now. I get multiple uh, flavors of the lemonade. I mix all the drinks up. I get the raspberry with the peach and the strawberry and just mix it all up. So uh, we got people talking. Has a ginger wife says popcorn and Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, I've never gotten a combination. Now I've been to the movies to where like my son may get cinnamon um pretzel bites or my girl might get some or something and then I eat the popcorn and then I'll take a few of those. So that's normally the only time I switch up and I'll do savory with the sweet.
0: Yeah, I mean but whenever I'm going to the movie theater, remember I told their day I gotta do some things I don't like to pay bills. When I go to the movie theater, you know, uh-huh. I gotta do some of my side jobs so I can get the popcorn, <laughs> the chocolate and the and and, and the Coke because It comes out to like 24 bucks after you pay 16 to get inside the damn theater.
2: Yeah, and I got the AMC A list type deal. So I get in there and then you get rewards when you buy tickets and stuff. So I'll get $5 rewards that I'll activate and different things. And then they have on Tuesday night. Uh, The snacks are significantly discounted. I went to see Mission Impossible on a Tuesday night, and it was very cheap, and we got a lot of stuff. So it's going to be pretty cool, man. Charlotte FC this weekend. Messi coming to town. The city is going to be buzzing with that. Man, this might be Queen City magic in reverse, okay? This might be as soon as... Uh, Charlotte FC has a chance to get the playoffs and nobody thought he was gonna play before, but oh yeah, he's gonna come back just in time to perhaps spoil Charlotte FC's playoff plans. They're gonna have to win and get some help and Messi is definitely not here to help them. And so that's gonna be uh, also a nice little nugget for the weekend for fans to be able to check out and give the Queen City some sports drama. But when we come back, we're gonna get into it. The Saints are now three and four. The division might be playing out how fans thought it would preseason. Did Carolina miss an opportunity? We're going to get into that when we return on the Wes and Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites.
0: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: When I step up in a place, you know I comes correct. All right, we coming correct today. This is the western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. But we got a couple of subs today, even though they're all pro subs. I'm talking Josh Fitty Marlowe, Troppy behind the boards. On a Friday, you know, you feel excited when it's Friday. You know what I'm saying? Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Some of the texts we've got already. Panther Bo says he can smell the popcorn through the speakers. I need to be where you are and buy the type of speakers you have, if that's the case. Carolina Brink says, Wes, I don't eat popcorn unless it's from the movie theater." Eight oh three says, "Gummy nerds slept on goat candy." I've definitely gotten up on gummies uh, over the last year or so, and I do uh, enjoy. Try some Fritos with kind of gummies. Him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do do the the melatonins and different things like that. They help Mm -hmm. me sleep sometimes. They're pretty tasty. Uh, Salesman says, try some Fritos with M&M's. It's the single reason for my man boobs make you slap your mom. He must be eating a lot of Fritos and M&M's. Then we got uh, people just talking about how much they love the movie theater. Popcorn, things like that. And so for... You people out there who wonder what makes the movie theater popcorn so good or so different, because I hate when I see popcorn in the store marketed as movie theater butter. I'm like, please stop, because it's not even close. But the secret is, they say it's one ingredient, that is it's called flavor call. They said you'll never, they said you've likely never heard of flavor call, because it's really only movie theaters use it, it is butter flavored salt. And they said mm. that's what makes the movie theater popcorn so so good.
0: It sounds like diabetes or high cholesterol, and and I and I and I partake in it, even though I'm guilty. Whenever I buy popcorn at
2: the store, I, I buy the movie theater popcorn. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta get it because it's gonna be good, but it's like it's not close to the original, and uh, that's the thing too. It's like with the movie theater popcorn you know that the butter is horrible. I read the new uh the nutrition facts one time just about the saturated fat that you get from the movie theater butter but you know I do a count on mine now I go a 3 count when I put the butter I layer it I tell them give me halfway in the bag I count 1000 1, 2000 3 fill the rest in do the rest what about you Shropdy do you do that are you a movie guy I know, you know you're a younger cat so I don't even know if you are
0: no, Yeah, I don't really go to the movies that much I figured yeah, I just—I'm not even that big of a movie person, honestly. Like, I yeah. sometimes I just get in the mood to watch one, and I'll just put it on, like, on Netflix or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because
2: but. your younger generation is definitely into the streaming, so that's what you guys do. You're not used to the movie Because see, when I was a kid, going to the movies was. I mean, it was an experience because we didn't go that often. So when you did go, it was like a big deal. It was like, Oh, we're going to the movies. Oh, I can't wait. Like I might would go see as a kid two movies a year at the movie theater. So I still love that experience, that suspension of disbelief, seeing it on the big screen, especially now with the more premium theaters, because I am a movie snob. Uh, Dolby Surround is my favorite uh, type And I got to go see the movie in the first week so I can see it on Dolby. IMAX, I don't like as much because they don't have recliners. I don't know why they haven't put recliners in IMAX yet. I'll go see it in regular theater if I'm too late on it and I have to go see it that way. But I'm not as thrilled about it as I am with Dolby where I get all the extra sound. I get the bigger screen. I get all that good stuff.
0: Just go ahead and say it. You're bougie. Uh, you're am. better than everybody else. No, that's not
2: um, true. But I want to see my movie in Dolby or 3D. One of those two formats. I'm here for it.
0: Can you remember when Matthews used to have the two dollar movie on yes. on Tuesdays? That yes. was when. That's how I saw so many movies growing up. My yeah. mom would take all of six of uh, her grandchildren at yeah. the time. And would sneak in the snack so she would have her Cokes in her purse or crackers. Oh, yeah. Would get the little kid popcorn, which was like, you know, three or four bucks. But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I I get heartbroken every time I drive to work and that movie theater is just sitting there obsolete.
2: Bring back $2 movies, man. You still have some of those in some small towns. You still have some dollar movies and stuff like that where people go. So getting down to town business. All right. Last night, New Orleans Saints take the L to Jacksonville. And they did not look great. I know they made a run late, but if you watch that game, if you got a chance to check it out on Amazon Prime, I mean, they were getting booed routinely in that (laughs) game. My mom and I were cracking up looking at the game because the fans went from booing the hell out of them to then when they started to come back, they're cheering and it's yeah, 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 and just say how fans can just flip during the game. But they did not look good. That offense, man, we talked about preseason how that offensive line was going to be their Achilles heel. And they have been thus far. They give up way too much pressure. Uh, the run game suffers because of it. Derek Carr's back there running for his life, and they're struggling. And the fans let them hear about it. Now, like you said, they came back, came within a possession like a lot of NFL games do. Derek Carr goes 295, a touchdown and a pick. Alvin Kamara has 17 carries for 62 yards. A lot of people thought that he would give them a boost. But that has yet to be the case. 3.6 yards per carry. They average as a team because this Jacksonville defense is pretty good. I picked them up, actually, uh, as one of my fantasy defenses. Kamara led them in receiving with 12 catches for 91 yards. But Olave has kind of been a byproduct of this offense not being what we thought it was going to be. He's putting up decent numbers, but not that great. And so Jacksonville comes in and gets the win. Trevor Lawrence plays uh, really well. Not gaudy numbers but enough to win 204 yards and a touchdown. ETN gets two scores on the game. Christian Kirk six catches, 90 yards and a score. But the question here is this division now when you look at it. Atlanta plays Tampa this weekend. A 3 and 2 Tampa Bay football team, a 3 and 3 Atlanta Falcons team. So if Atlanta loses, they're going to be 3 and 4. Tampa Bay would be 4 and 2 and I feel like at that point that's kind of Not necessarily a stranglehold, but it definitely puts them in a position where they control their own destiny. But the crux of this conversation is the division is starting to look like a lot of people thought it would preseason. Mm -hmm. No real dominant team. A lot of teams kind of playing 500 football just above, just under. And so it's got to be a little bit disheartening for a Carolina Panthers fan base that— Was right there at the end of the season, had a chance to perhaps seize the division, become division champs, and they weren't able to do it. And a lot of people thought, plug in Bryce Young, plug in some new additions, and this is a division that's here for the taking. But unfortunately, you're 0-6, six games out of the lead for this division. And the question is, did the Panthers miss an opportunity? With the way that this division is playing. You saw New Orleans, a team that I thought was gonna win the South. And there's a lot of games to be played. Don't get don't get it twisted. But this New Orleans Saints team is underperforming at this point. Atlanta, they're no world beaters because Desmond Ritter is not playing phenomenal football. Their point differential is negative twenty-one, even though they're five hundred. Yep. And Tampa Bay's point differential is plus two and they're three and two. And you feel like When you get handled at home like they did against Detroit, you know they're kind of paper tigers at this point. This is not a team that you feel like is going to be a real contender. When you have a team come into your house and beat you down, you're like, all right, yeah, Tampa could be decent enough to win this division, but this isn't a team that anybody expects to be a team that's going to be in the thick of things when the playoffs come around. So do we feel like that the Panthers could have missed an opportunity if this division continues to play subpar football?
0: I mean, the answer is yes, because, and this is why we identified, get to the bye at 2-4, and 3-3, three and three, because you would still be in the hunt, in the running, when you look at the schedule coming out of the bye where you got, you know, Houston, Indianapolis, and the Bears, all three games that, even with Carolina being 0-6, mm-hmm. are still going to be very winnable for Carolina. And so, you know, you, you look at the division, and I, I'm glad you brought up the point differential, because I think that's a great... Uh, tell of if if a team is good or not. Tampa Bay's three and two. Their point differential, plus two. You mentioned the Falcons, three and three, minus 21. Mm -hmm. The Saints are three and four. They've got the best point differential at plus six. They're still the team I think is going to emerge as the winner of this division. Mm -hmm. But if Carolina was, hell, even if they were one and five, you would say, like they were this time last year, you would say, you're there. Because this division isn't very good. And so I think that's, what's really frustrating for this, for, for Panther fans is that you knew this division wasn't very good. We weren't asking you to win 12 games. Like you got to do to win the NFC East or the AFC, you know, North or whatever, like eight, like seven, eight or nine is going to win the division. Yeah. And you got no wins at your bye week
2: It's got to be disappointing. Yeah, it's got to be. And so, Hopefully with this team and this offseason, we'll see how it plays out and what additions are made. A lot of quarterbacks in this draft, we've talked about that. And I wonder if Tampa Bay fans or Atlanta fans are a little bit annoyed at the type of football that they're playing because do they want to put themselves in a position to get one of those top quarterbacks, even though it seems like there's going to be potentially so many to go around once this draft comes. But Tampa looks like they're in the front seat of this thing. But like I said, they have a matchup with Atlanta. And so for Carolina fans, like I said, that has to be a thought that's running through your mind like, man. If we just had a couple of wins on the docket, we could be in a position to be able to compete in this division all the way down to the wire. And so now with it being the bye week, got to give out. We love to give out the grades. We love to give out superlatives. And so when you really think about it, I know this is an 0-6 football team, but who has been the most valuable player and most valuable coach right now entering this bye week? And so I'm going to kick off the conversation with... The most valuable coach, in my opinion, is I would say Josh McCown, the quarterbacks coach Mm. uh, on this team. Because, you know, and obviously I'm not at practice every single day to know what's going on and what's being coached. But I know that obviously as the quarterbacks coach, he's right there with Bryce Young each and every week. And he's been improving and he's been playing uh, pretty decent football, all things considered. And so I think that when you look at him and the way he played against Miami, we know that the play tailed off kind of as things went throughout that game. But still, you can't argue with the fact that the yards have gone up week in, week out. 146 to 153 to 204, 247, 217 had his best game as far as touchdown passes are concerned against Detroit. I get it. Empty calories. Detroit could have taken their foot off of the gas, things of that nature. I get that. But still, the numbers are the numbers, and you wanted to see it improve, and you wanted to see points on the board, and that's what you got. And then against Miami, yes, the first quarter was really the bulk of what Carolina did offensively. But 217 yards of touchdown, no interceptions for him, no fumbles. And so that was uh, where he had one fumble against Miami. But that's the thing you took away from that game is that, you know, I felt like he took another step forward, and I think that he will continue to. Because, really, when I look at this coaching staff, it's hard to decipher uh, any other coach with the way that units are performing to say that they've been super valuable. But, Fiddy, do you differ? Do you have a different answer?
0: It's really hard to give out a, a most valuable coach award when you're 0-6. If the bye would have been after week four, I would have said Ajero Averro because the defense you know, didn't give up back-to-back you know, 40-point performances. McCown's a very interesting one. How about I just – you know, not play the game and say, who's going to end up being, I think it's going to be Thomas Brown. I, I, Cause I, okay. I think a guy that was in a tough situation where he got hired to be the offensive coordinator, doesn't call plays, but still talks to the media every Thursday, kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is a guy that is still, I think, been very engaged has been very confident. And I think this is the guy that I think even more so than Frank Reich from a play-call perspective, is going to get the most out of Bryce Young because yeah. he's not going to be afraid to call plays for him. Yeah. You wouldn't say whatever you want about Frank Reich not not wanting Bryce. We've had that discussion. The first two weeks, he was scared to call plays for Bryce. hmm I don't think that's going to be the same for Thomas Brown. So uh, but it's really hard to give out a MVP coach when you're 0 six.
2: No doubt about it. And so now when you look at uh, an MVP player at this point, too, you know, somebody's got to get it. You can't have the banquet for the team and nobody get an award just because of the record. But I think for me, it's clear cut. It's been Adam Thielen. OK, he's first in the league in third down reception, second in total receptions third in receptions resulting in a first down ninth in receiving yards uh in the entire NFL and This is a guy that coming in, weren't sure what you were going to get, thought he may be over the hill, but he's been super dependable for Bryce Young. He seems like he's always open. He's always ready to catch the football and make a play. Yeah, he's not going to beat you for 50, 60 yards down the field. He's not going to catch and run like Debo Samuels, but he's just a guy that when Bryce is looking up and he needs somebody to get the football to, he's open, he's catching it, and he's making plays. And so to me, I think that he's the clear-cut MVP right now for this football team offensively or defensively. Do you have anybody different or you are in agreement?
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's definitely Adam Thielen. If I wanted to give you a guy defensively, and I look I know the PFF grade you don't you're not in love with. I think Derek Brown's been the most consistent defensive player of all the the bigger names for the Panthers defense. I think he's been more consistent than Brian Burns, of course Shaq Thompson Uh, has been hurt jc horn got hurt frankie louvu i think has been the guy that has suffered the most since Shaq thompson's injury Mm -hmm. i look I, i look at Derek brown and i was at that saints game sitting in the lower bowl i saw him throw dudes around i've seen a guy that for me the most part he has done his job and what's disappointing is, is like the way the defense is designed, if he's going to get more pressure or get more attention, you'd want your other guys like your Burns and your Louvoos to step up and make the plays. Yeah. That hasn't happened, but there's no denying. If this team did not have Adam Thielen, this would be the worst offense in the National Football League. Yeah. Because he is the only guy that you know you can throw the football to consistently
2: and get production from. Yeah, and I would agree with that 100%. I mean, this has been a season I said before the season, we talk about it all the time. I thought he would be a 1,000-yard receiver pretty much by default. But he's surpassing those expectations on pace for over 140 catches, on on pace for over 1,400 yards receiving. He's playing uh, really, really great football. And then uh, real quick, though, uh, Bryce Young. Top of the month uh, article came out where post game he said after the game that he was running his own race when they talked about um, him worrying about the other rookie quarterbacks in his class and the way Stroud is playing and the way the team is performing and is he worried about it and has it gotten him down, but he said, hey, you know, I'm running my own race. And he said, quote, for me, I'm big on running my own race. We're all super supportive of each other. With him, he'd say the same thing, talking about uh, C.J. Stroud. He said, we're all just supportive and want to see each other shine. And so the question is, when you hear quotes like that from him, uh, albeit it was a couple of weeks ago, but I thought this was an interesting topic, just the way that he operates. And I think this is great. And I think that you can tell that from the way he plays. Uh, There was a phrase that one of my coaches used to always say, Uh, Jeff Mullen to be exact at Wake Forest. And he used to always say, never too high, never too low. He used to say that all the time. And I damn near live my life by that phrase. And I think with Bryce, that's the perfect uh, blend for him. That's how he plays. He never gets too high when he throws a touchdown. Yeah, he's excited, but he's not jumping all over the place, acting like he won a Super Bowl. And when he throws an interception, you see a little frustration. But for the most part, he keeps an even temper. I think this shows that he's made of the right stuff and – When you have a guy that's not used to dealing with the type of team adversity that he's dealing with right now, for him to handle it the way he has, I think it's quite commendable.
0: I think the thing you gotta you gotta love and appreciate is that he's not trying to be something that he's not. Yeah. He knows who he is, he's comfortable in who he is, and the way that he carries himself on and off the field has given him the pedigree that he has, which is a winner. He won in high school, he won in college. Yeah. He's going to win in the NFL. And he's going to do it with the way he's always done it. Because how many rookies in, in this situation that we've seen in college be kind of just the the, the good-mannered kid? When you're 0-6, you probably you, you want to see them freaking out and overreacting. That's not who he is. He's not going to be that type of guy. And in the long run, it's going to pay dividends.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, first drop of it like it's hot for the day. Let's get it.
0: We got some news here out of the NBA. Is 19-year veteran Andre Iguodala has announced his retirement. Okay. He is a four-time NBA champion, 2015 NBA Finals Most Valuable Player, and
2: uh, played in 1,231 games. Do we think that he is an all? uh, He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, no question about it. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt, man. The work he put in with Golden State. Great two-way player. I wouldn't necessarily classify him as a 3-and-D guy. I mean, he could shoot, though. That's when you knew you were really in trouble when Iggy was hitting threes on the Warriors. You knew you were in trouble. But uh, then in his younger days, a high flyer. Definitely could get to the cup, man. Score. That's for you guys, you know, not that I ever feel old or anything like that, but when you talk about guys that I watch play in college that retire after 19 seasons, you know, you're just like, man, you know, that's crazy. I remember when Iggy came out of Arizona. But, yeah, great player, I think for sure, Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I think he engineered one of the Sixers' upsets as a 7 or an 8 I think he was on that team as well. Yeah. Signs with Golden State, kind of the catalyst for their dynasty, you know, really changing the NBA overnight.
2: Yeah, he'll he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, when we come back, Jeff Taylor of Bay Hacker Sports joins us to talk high school football on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Back, folks to the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. I'm joined by Josh Fitty Marlowe and Shroppy. behind the boards. Keep the text coming: 704-570-9610. And uh high school football starting to come down the stretch. It feels like it has flown by. And I'm a guy that definitely loves high school football. And I like to wait until a couple of weeks go by in the playoffs when a lot of the bad teams go home before I start hitting up games. It's uh I love going to little little small towns to see games. I love going out there in the extremely cold weather to watch high school football. I love it. So, man, it's coming down to the wire. We got some big games this Friday. And to help us talk about that even more on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, our good friend Jeff Taylor, sports director at Bay Hackle Sports, joins us. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you like, at JTBayHackleSports.com. And, Jeff, you guys have got a big one tonight streaming on BayHackleSports.com.
1: We do, man. How are you? First of all, you ready for tonight?
2: We are doing great. I'm always ready for some good football. Uh, I
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. So, big one tonight. You know, Raven Gap coming from Georgia uh, to play Providence Day. And, you know, this it's the best game in the area, no question, at least in our area. And it's probably the best game in the state might be one of the best matchups in the nation. You know, you're talking about a team, and Raven Gap coming from Georgia, who's just loaded with FBS talent. They got a kid, Trey Horn, uh, wide receiver. He's a Clemson commit. He has close to 620 yards receiving and 41 receptions. They got a running back, uh, Tyrell Campbell. Uh, He's got 650 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. Um, You know, they're loaded. Um, But the the part about them, they're tough on defense also. They have 35 sacks on the year. Um, So this game it's so, I want to say it could be a shootout, but last year um, Providence Day won this matchup by three. It was 24-21. So it's going to be a great ball game. I'm curious to see how, um, as we think about Providence Day, we know who they are, and they're averaging close to 50 points a game. But Jaden Davis didn't have a real good game last week. He had three interceptions, and I think he'd only thrown one the entire season. So he had three last week. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes against a team that's, like I said, pretty style in defense. 35 sacks, they get after you. Um, So we'll see what happens there. And I think Providence Day, what they realized last week, too, was they got a kid who can carry the football. Uh, Ian Klein, who came here from West Virginia this year, he had almost, what, 270 yards rushing and four touchdowns last week. And right after the game, a cool part, he got an offer from the Charlotte 49ers.
2: They probably want him to come out there with them and join them to help this offense right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think they could use that exactly. So, you know, I think it's going to be a, a great matchup. And I know uh, Raymond Gap comes in here looking to, you know, to get some revenge from last year. But I think you, you're going to see uh, Coach Greer. He's going to have his team ready to go. Uh, he, Jane Davis will be in the right frame of mind. And I think that offense gets going. And I think. Uh, I think this is going to be a little more than twenty four twenty one. I think it's going to be a shootout, but in the end, I think Providence State is going to figure out a way to get it done.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing with them. And they played against their rivals, Charlotte Christian. I think they call them the team up the street or something like that. That they right, say. Exactly. And so, with Jaden Davis having a three interception performance, do you feel like maybe even though Charlotte Christian is a rival, do you think that they were overlooking them for this game tonight?
1: I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say. Well, as a coach, I think Coach Greer was telling them, no, maybe the kids do. You know what I'm saying? The coach was probably preaching, hey, we don't look bad. And, and you get into that, you can get, you can get into that flux sometimes of looking to the next game. I just, hey, sometimes you're going to just come out and have a bad game. So maybe that was it for him last week. Um, it would not surprise me to see him, like I said, bounce back and, and get after it early tonight. Um, put the ball up in the air quick.
2: Yeah, and Raven Gap also comes in with some really great players also. Other than the guys that you mentioned, they have Justin Hazen Heidel, I think his name is. He's a top 100 yeah. national recruit. Marshall Pritchett, also another one of those guys in the class of 20. And both of those guys are class of 2025. And in the class of 2026, James Carrington, he's a top 15 national recruit as well. He goes about 6'2, 270 on that defensive line to match up against Providence Day. So, if you guys don't know, this is going to be a huge matchup. Lots of college stars that you'll see. We know David Sanders, the number three uh, national recruit in the class of 25. Jay Davis, right. they, they've got a lot of guys out here in this matchup, man. So it should be a tremendous game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And they can stream it on bayhacklesports.com and check that out. And Jeff, before I get you out of here, I've got to ask, every time there's weather, the CMS and, and you see other schools doing it too, like in the private school sectors and things like that, they move games up to either the day before or sometimes they might play it on a Monday or the day after. What do you think about them moving games for weather? I get if you have lightning and things of that nature, but it seems like whenever they anticipate heavy rain, it's like we get games moved. And I feel like, my goodness, like, do these people not know if these kids go on to the next level or in different facets that they're going to play in elements? And to me, it seems like a little bit of of coddling, so to speak. But what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I agree with you, man. You know, I you listen, I you know, we're old school, so you know, we played and it was pouring down rain, the ball was wet, you go out and, you know, you, you go do your job. I don't like it. Um and, and maybe it's because I I don't know, dude, you gotta get people in the stands now and people don't want to sit outside and pour down rain. But listen, unless it's lightning and thunder, I get that. But you play in the elements, man. That's what football is all about. Yeah. it's rain, snow, whatever, you go out and do it. But I will tell you this, it did give us a chance last night to go to get out and you mentioned it like uh, Ashbrook and Kings Mountain to get out and see them last night. Um, you know, what a great atmosphere and stuff. So it gave us a chance to kind of get out and do some, go to some areas we didn't get a chance to maybe go to because Friday night is So that's kind of a cool part. But at the end of the day, no, listen, football is, you know, listen, you you got to be tough, you've got to go out and play, and that's what you're doing. If you're saying, hey, don't play in the rain, guess what? Next year when you go to wherever you're going, whether it's Clemson or wherever it might be, you're going to play in the rain, you're yep. going to play in wind, you're going to play in the snow. So – I don't like it, and um, but, you know, I, my saying is it is what it is, and we just got to deal with it.
2: <laughs> Jeff Taylor joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at sports. And, Jeff, just to let the people know, after they finish watching uh, Providence Day and Raven Gap on BayHackleSports.com, they can catch the Blitz, too, uh, online or on BayHackleSports.com, too, correct?
1: That is correct. Yeah, head on over to bayhavensports.com. Uh, myself, John Treach, Kelly Bardick, Jack Taylor. We're out uh, with some other of our crew. We're actually going to have uh, highlights from 16 games tonight, so you can get on a little bit earlier and watch us before you watch everybody else. And we have the most coverage in terms of going out and covering games. So we'll be. Uh, the crew will be out tonight, and we'll uh, hopefully have highlights from uh, about 16 games tonight.
2: Yeah, the Blitz on those streaming platforms you can catch every Friday at 11 p.m. to get all your high school highlights, so check that out. Jeff, we appreciate your time, as always, and we'll be talking to you soon.
1: Hey, I appreciate what you do, man. I appreciate all the information you bring in supporting high school sports. We appreciate you, man.
2: No doubt about it, man. We thank you, and we'll see you, as I said, and when we return on the Weston Walker Show, we go to the campus. Kona, right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.